we have a word from the Lord uh, called Emmanuel, God with us. Hashem, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you that we can worship you in spirit and truth. We thank you that you inhabit the praises of the people. And we thank you that you have a word to speak to our heart. I pray that we would have ears to hear. I pray that our hearts would be good soil, that your word would go in and it would produce a hundredfold fruit in our lives and in this congregation. In Yeshua's name, amen. As we've already mentioned in the service today, we're coming to the end of our celebration of Sukkot this year. Uh, tomorrow is Hoshana Rabbah. And last weekend, Rabbi Michael uh, shared in his message that uh, Sukkot reminds us that Adonai is our provider. And today we want to speak on the theme of the tabernacles, or the Hebrew word is Sukkot, which is the plural of Sukkah, and uh, as it relates to God himself. For us as a Messianic community, we commemorate the birth of our Messiah at this holiday. Now we understand that no one can prove exactly what day Yeshua was born into this world, but there are many reasons to believe and to link his birth with this Jewish festival. But what is important is that the incarnation did take place because without it, it would be hard for us to have any faith. And it's also important to realize that it's not about a baby born in a manger, but the spiritual truth that the incarnation represents. And so I want to read first from Yochanan chapter 1, which is uh, partially where we can get this connection to Sukkot for Yeshua's birth at this time. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now, we understand who he is, correct? So, so who's this verse talking about? Yeshua. So we're all on the same page. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing made had been. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not suppressed it. There is a man sent from God whose name was Yochanan. He came to be a testimony, to bear witness concerning the light, so that through him everyone might put his trust in God and be faithful to him. He himself was not that light. No, he came to bear witness concerning the light. This was the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. He was in the world. The world came to be through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own homeland, yet his own people did not receive him. But to as many as did receive him, to those who put their trust in his person and power, he gave the right to become children of God. That's what this is all about. Amen. Not because of bloodline, physical impulse, or human intention, but because of God. The Word became a human being and lived with us. We saw, saw his Shekinah, the Shekinah of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Amen. So we see here that the Word became a human being and lived with us. Some translations say tabernacle. The Hebrew, uh, the Greek word here is skene, which is used over 25 times in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures as a translation for the word Sukkot. So you get how we see this connection here uh, with Yeshua being connected to Sukkot. David Stern in his commentary says, the word became a human being, literally the word became flesh. It is not that a man named Yeshua who grew up in Nazareth one day decided he was God. Rather, the word who was with God and was God 
gave up the glory that he had with the Father before the world existed, which we can see in, in Yochanan 17.5, and emptied himself in that he took the form of a slave by becoming like a human being from Philippians chapter 2. In other words, God sent his own son as a human being with a nature like our sinful one, Romans 8, so that in every respect he was tempted as you are, the only difference being that he did not sin. It is God the Word then who decided to become man, not the other way around. Okay? Just again to understand. So God decided to become man, to come into tabernacle and to live here. Craig Keener says that in his uh, uh, commentary that the word tabernacle literally means that God tabernacled with his people in the wilderness just as the word tabernacled among his people in Yeshua, connecting it to what took place you know, in, in the Tanakh. Matthew and Luke give us the accounts of the birth of Messiah, and I want to read a couple of verses from the story in Matthew chapter 1, and this is when the angel appeared to Joseph, and he is speaking of Miriam. And he says in verses 21 through 23, she will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Yeshua, which means Adonai saves, because he will save his people from their sins. All this happened in order to fulfill what Adonai had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. The name means God is with us. Amen? Of course, we understand that God physically walked this earth and lived among the Jewish people over 2,000 years ago through the person of Yeshua the Messiah. But the concept of Emmanuel, God with us, didn't begin or end there. Today, he is still the God who is with us. And Hashem wants to encourage encourage us in this year 5777 that he is Emmanuel. Throughout the scripture, we can see that God promised that he would be with us. The whole purpose of of the Sukkot that we build are to remind us that God was with us during the 40 years in the wilderness. Yes, they were wilderness years, but he was there. Selah. They were wilderness years, but he was there. And when we build our sukkah every year here in the congregation, and if you build them at home like we do, every time you see that sukkah, it is to remind you, yes, they were wilderness years, but he was there. Providing for us, as Rabbi Michael shared last week, watching over us and protecting us. So I want us to open our hearts to be encouraged by Adonai this morning concerning his presence with us and what that should mean to us. I have to tell you, I struggled uh, with this message this week as Rabbi Michael and I you decided to do a two-part you know, uh, on Sukkot a, a couple weeks ago, and I just couldn't get going with this message. It was just a, you know, a struggle. And then finally when I sat down, I couldn't stop. Don't be alarmed. I did cut off about 20 scriptures. <laughs> But once I could sit down and start going, I came in my husband. I'm like, wow, my message is finished. I had to take a lot of verses off, though, with him because there is so many scriptures that talk about God with us. So I would encourage you to, to look. To, to, again, that's one of those things that you could do a study on just to encourage your heart. So I have five or six things here. And the first is that his presence is with us throughout every day of our lives. You know, Moshe was concerned about this, and we read that in the special Torah reading for today. And he cried out to Adonai as they were 
leaving Mitzrayim. And he's, you know, as we read, if you're paying attention there, he was like, God, you, you told me to go and, and that you're going to take us to a land. And you said, I know you, but I don't know you. And if really you, you are going to go with us, then, you know, show me favor and show me your grace and let me see your glory, right? The whole thing. And what did God respond to Moshe? Set your mind at rest. My presence will go with you. Set your mind at rest. God is with you. Even in the wilderness, even in the storms, even in the challenges, even in the tests, set your mind at rest. God is with you. And that's something that we need to understand every day of our life. What does it mean that God's presence is with us? I don't think we fully grasp and understand this. Yeshua walked this earth, and his Talmudim saw him every day, and they talked with him, and they walked with him. And that had to be an amazing experience, uh, you know, for them. But when we are facing difficult situations, we need to understand that, like he was there for them. So we think about when they were in the boat, and he's sleeping. And the storm comes, and they're, like, frightened and freaking out and, you know, waking him up. And he looks at him like, what, what are you afraid about? And he says, peace be still, and the storm stills, right? And just like he was with them through those trials, he is here for us. We have the opportunity to have that same relationship. And to borrow from Rabbi Michael's message last weekend, that access to him, that he would be with us through everything we go through. So his presence means first, <laughs> excuse me, I'm struggling a little here breathing this morning, but his presence means I have peace in the midst of the storm. It means I have grace to face challenging situations. It means I have his favor to guide me to success. It means I have rest in the turmoil of life. His presence means I have a friend who I can talk to when there's no one else to talk to. And more importantly, this friend is greater than any person on this earth who would seek to befriend me or to walk along this journey called life. See, that's what his presence means. He's the friend who comes alongside of us, supports us, Yeah, it's not, it's not wanted. You can open it. And his presence means, and we speak this in the blessing. Chris spoke over us at the offering time. His presence means that his glory will rest on my life. That the hunger and thirst of my heart can truly be satisfied only through him. And that's what Moshe was crying out. God, I want to see your glory. Teach me your ways. I want to know you. And that's when he says that he is Emmanuel, the God who is with us. It's all, it all stems from this back to the basics. And you're like, oh, Rabbi Carol, you keep saying these things because it's important. It's all about relationship with him. Walking and abiding in him, 
and allowing him to be that person that, again, sticks closer to us than anyone on this earth ever could. When we think of the wilderness years, God walked with Moshe. God showed himself strong on Moshe's behalf. He revealed himself to Moshe in a way that most of the children of Israel did not know. And God wants you and I to experience his glory in a greater capacity than we have known. And when we talk about God being Emmanuel, that's what it's about that we would rest in his glory, that it would be manifested in our lives in such a way that not just we would be changed and transformed, but that our communities and the world around us. Because isn't that what Moshe was saying? Again, read the context there in Exodus from today's uh, special reading. He says, how else will the world, all the other nations know that you have called us out if your presence does not go with us. See, what sets you and me apart from the rest of the world is not that we're so good-looking, although we might be, you know, or that we, you know, have a, a, a Ph.D. or a master's or we have this job or that job. What sets you and me apart is his presence that goes with us every day. And that's what people should see in our lives, his presence, his glory. The second thing that God encouraged me is that because he is with me, I do not need to be afraid. So turn to your neighbor and said, you do not need to be afraid. So many of the scriptures that I was reading that spoke of God's being with us were in the context of the encouragement to not be afraid. You see, fear is like a vice grip trying to choke out our potential and our confidence in God. Reading from Devarim, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 21. <coughs> Adonai says to the children of Israel, you are not to be frightened of them because Adonai, your God, is with you, a God great and fearsome. Friends, Again, we need to truly grasp the truth of who our God is. As I mentioned in a recent message, he's not some puny God that, that doesn't really exist. He is the only true God, the creator of heavens and earth, and he is with me and he is with you. What do we need to be afraid of? Who can stand before our God? We sing the song, Micha Mocha, and in response, Anka Mocha, there's no one like you, God. You alone are awesome in praise. You alone do wonders. You see, no matter what we face, and yes, we will face challenges, and yes, we will walk through hard times, he is with us, and because of that, because he is Emmanuel, you do not have to walk in fear. And I do not have to walk in fear. And God wants to encourage us with that this morning. Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah 32, 17. O sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing you are facing is too hard that should cause you to fear and panic. Because nothing is too hard for him. He made a way in the wilderness. He provided, as Rabbi Michael read last week, 
40 years, it said their shoes did not wear out. I know, ladies, you'd be disappointed because you want to go get new shoes, but I have a few clothes that are close to 30, 40 years old. They're, you know, I hate when they wear out because they're usually my favorite. That's why, but... But God provided. Nothing is too hard for him. Think about it. When Daniel was in the lion's den, God was there with him. He didn't have to be afraid. And I don't think Daniel was in there panicking. When he got thrown into the lion's den, I don't think Daniel started crying and like, oh, goodness, what am I going to do? I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. No, he knew God was with him. And God shut the mouth of the lion. When David had to face the lion and the bear, he wasn't afraid because why? God was with him. Nothing is too difficult for God. So we do not have to walk in fear. Third thing is because God is with me, I do not have to be discouraged. Yehoshua, Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, God is speaking to to Joshua and he says, Haven't I ordered you? Be strong. Be bold. Don't be afraid or downhearted because Adonai, your God, is with you wherever you go. Joshua was facing the biggest challenge of his life when Adonai spoke these words to him. He was succeeding Moshe as the leader of the nation of Israel. Now think about it. He had seen the difficulties that Moses had had leading these people. If I was Joshua, I probably would have said, God, are you sure? I've just witnessed for 40 years what Moses went through. And now you're asking me to to lead like he did? I saw how they rebelled. I saw how they complained. I saw how they wanted to stone him and Aaron. And now I have to lead them? Think about it. And in addition, God said, now you're going to lead them into the promised land. Joshua was one of the 12 who went in, who came back with Caleb with a good report. And the 10 didn't, and the whole community listened to the 10. So I could imagine that as God's saying, you're going to go take them in, that he could be thinking, okay, how are they going to respond this time? Are they going to rebel again? Are they going to cry out in doubt and unbelief? God, I'm not sure. And perhaps he was feeling a little discouraged. Because why would God say, don't be discouraged? Again, if I had been in his shoes, I might have felt a little discouraged. Really, God? You had to ask me to lead them? But God is saying, I'm with you. So don't be downhearted. Don't be discouraged, Joshua. Don't be discouraged, Beth Emanuel, because I am with you. Don't be downhearted. So when you're facing a situation that is bigger than life, and again, I just want you to imagine yourself. Right now, we're in the wilderness, okay? Just close your eyes and imagine this. You're in the wilderness, and you're Joshua, all right? And Moses has told you, I'm not going in to the promised land. And you you have to go. What are you feeling? What thoughts are going through your head? Oh, gosh, Moses. Can't you please stay around a few more years? 
Moses, maybe Caleb should do this. <laughs> you know, he was one that God said had a different spirit in him. And Moses, these people aren't the easiest to get along with. Moses, are you sure? I don't, I don't know that I can do this. Can't God pick someone else? And that's when God says, haven't I said to you, Joshua, you can open your eyes now, for those who listened, haven't I told you, be strong and courageous. Don't be downhearted. Don't be discouraged. Because I'm with you wherever you go. When you are facing a larger-than-life situation, as I said earlier, it's not a time to get discouraged, but to remember that Adonai is with you and to be encouraged and to be strong because he will walk you through this situation. Which leads me to the next point, that his presence assures you and me of victory. Divarim chapter 20, verses 1 through 3 through 4. When you go out to fight your enemies... And you see horses and chariots, which the Israelites did not have, and a force larger than yours, which was almost every time. You are not to be afraid of them, because Adonai, your God, who brought you up from the land of Egypt, is with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is with you. So when you are about to go into battle, the Kohen is to come forward and address the people. He should tell them, listen, Israel. Listen, Beth Emanuel. Listen, put your name in there. You are about to do battle against your enemies. Don't be faint-hearted. Don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed or frightened. Because Adonai, your God, is going with you to fight on your behalf against your enemies and to give you victory. Amen. God is with you to give you victory. It would be awesome if his presence meant we never had to fight. But that's not the case, friends. There's always a battle that we must face. There will always be challenges to overcome. But the good news is that God is with us, and he promises that his presence will lead us to victory. In fact, he assures us that he will be right there in the trenches fighting alongside of us. Sometimes we have this concept that we're fighting our battles all alone, but this is not true. But when you go with that mindset and you forget God and you leave him on the sidelines instead of following him, you're always going to be overwhelmed, discouraged, and maybe not able to contend against the enemy. But Hashem is with you and me. Even though we cannot see him and even though we cannot feel him, he is there. And I'm going to tell you, he is the best person to have in the trenches with, with you. He knows the enemy well. <clears throat> we should know him. And, and, and Rob Shul encourages us, you shouldn't be unaware of the schemes of the evil one. But often our emotions... Uh, get us a little out of alignment, and we get overwhelmed, and we forget. And so that's why God says, look to me, I am with you, 
and I'm going to fight for you, and I will lead you into victory. Because he knows the enemy. He knows his tactics. He knows his strategies. And he knows his plan against you. We can't always see what the enemy is up to because we're not omnipresent and we're not omniscient, but God can. You need to allow him and I need to allow him to lead us in the fight. Follow him as your commander in chief. He has the strategy that will bring victory to you every single time. And that strategy may change. You may be facing a similar situation today that you were facing last year, and you may go out and say, okay, I'm going to do the same thing, but that may not be what God wants. So that's why we have to follow him as the commander-in-chief. Follow him as the Lord of hosts of the armies of heaven, because in following him, we are assured of victory. Bet, Second Chronicles 20:17, speaking to Jehoshaphat, God says, "You won't even need to fight this battle. Just take your positions, Yehuda and Yerushalayim. Stand still and watch how Adonai will deliver you. Don't be afraid or distressed tomorrow. Go out against them, for Adonai is with you." Amen. You can face the enemy with confidence. You can face the trials. You can face the challenges. With confidence because God is with you and he tells you that he will give you victory. Amen. Victory belongs to us. And in Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 19. It says, they will fight against you, but they will not overcome you. For I am with you, says Adonai, to rescue you. Again, fights are going to come. Battles are going to be there. It doesn't mean that God is forsaking you. Quite the contrary. He tells us over and over in these few scriptures we've been looking at. You're going to face some challenging times. You're going to face an enemy. There's going to be a battle. But I am with you and I will lead you to victory. Number five, his presence protects us through the difficulties of life. From Yeshiahu, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, when you pass through water, I will be with you. When you pass through rivers, they will not overtake, overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you will not be scorched. The flame will not burn you. Friends, I have come to conclude that this journey called life is not an easy journey. Some days... I feel overwhelmed like the floods are about to sweep me away and I'm going to drown. On other days, the intensity of the situation is so strong that I feel I'll never make it through in one piece. But Adonai, once again, assures us of his presence, which represents his protection. Again, it doesn't mean you're not going to walk through the water. It doesn't mean you're not going to go through the fire. But it means he's with you. Think of the three young Hebrew men. They were thrown into that fiery furnace, but God was there with them. And delivered them out, and I love that part of the story. Their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. So if you feel like you're in waters that are over your head, if you feel the heat of the situation is so unbearable, God says, be encouraged, I am with you, and I will protect you. 
and I will bring you through. Tehillim, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we are unafraid even if the earth gives way, even if the mountains tumble into the depths of the sea, even if its waters rage and foam and mountains shake at its turbulence. There is a river whose stream gladden the city of God, the holy habitation of Elyon. God is in the city. It will not be moved. When daybreak comes, God will help it. Nations were in turmoil. Kingdoms were moved. His voice thundered, and the earth melted away. Adonai Tzivaot is with us, our fortress, the God of Yaakov, Selah, Selah. Come and see the works of Adonai, the astounding deeds he has done on the earth. To the ends of the earth he makes wars cease. He breaks the bow, the bow snaps the smear, spear and burns the shields in the fire. Be still and know that I am God, supreme over the nation, supreme over the earth. Adonai Tzivaot is with us, our fortress, the God of Yaakov. Therefore, I know that I will make it through the rivers. Therefore, I know that I will make it through the fire. And I will make it through unscorched. And I will not drown because he promises to protect me. And then I want to close with this. His presence with us means that he will fulfill his promises for our lives as a congregation and as individuals. Speaking in Bereshit to Yaakov, he says, look, I'm with you. I will guard you wherever you go, and I will bring you back into this land because I won't leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Adonai encouraged Yaakov with these words just as he had spoken to his father Yitzchak and his grandfather Abraham. God had not changed. Yaakov seemed to be going the opposite direction of the promises of God to him and his family, to the Jewish people. And sometimes the road that you and I may be on could seem similar to us. We can question in our heart, God, this road seems to be leading away from what you promised. This road seems to be taking me in the wrong direction. God, this is not the promise you've spoken to me. We can say, God, in fact, I feel farther away from the promise today than ever. Well, Hashem wants us to be reassured this morning that he will do exactly Say exactly what he has promised and spoken over this congregation and over our individual lives. I want to tell you that here in 5777, this truth that we read in the word is just as true today as it was when God wrote it. Not one of his good promises has ever failed. So it's up to you and me to remain steadfast and in faith towards Adonai and his word. God promised to never destroy the earth again with a flood. Has that promise been kept? It has. God promised Abraham that the Jewish people would have their homeland. Has that promise been kept? It sure has. God promised Abraham a son. Was that promise kept? Yes, it was. God promised to bring Israel out of Egypt. Was that promise kept? God promised to bring the Messiah through the Jewish people. Was that promise kept? He's a promise-keeping God. And he says, I will do everything I spoke to you, Beth Emanuel, and to your heart personally.
So with confidence, you and I can press forward, knowing that Hashem will do exactly what he has spoken over us. As we come to the end of the Sukkot season, I want to encourage you that the Sukkot would remind you that he is Emmanuel, God with us. Reading from Matthew 28, verse 20, as it closed this morning. And remember, I will be with you always. Yes, even unto the end of the age. He is Emmanuel, God with you today. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Hashem, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that um, you are the God who is with us. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your encouragement today, and God, we receive it. We choose to be encouraged today that you are the God who is with us. And we bless you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. We're going to close the service with the Elenu and then the waving of the Lulav and Etrog. It is a mitzvah to wave the Lulav and Etrog. We did this on Sunday when we uh, uh, built the sukkah. It was Eretz Sukkot, and we did the worship there in the sukkah. Uh, so I want to encourage you, if you'd like to come forward and to wave the the, uh, the lulav and etrog, to definitely do that. Uh, and uh, then uh, after that, we will say a blessing uh, before we all go upstairs. But right now, Rabbi Michael is going to lead us in the Elenu. <laughs> Shalosanakegoyeharatsotvelosumanukemishpachotaadama <laughs>
Amen. And now I'd like to ask our board members to come up. And uh, we're going to pray to the four corners. And uh, uh, as we wave the Lulav and Etrock, and we're going to pray. You know, Sukkot also represents uh, the harvest. As we read in our Amidah at the beginning, it represents the great harvest. So we're going to pray, pray and believe for harvest of Jewish people to come in. So I'm going to have them uh, go with four directions. And Evan, can I call you up? Evan and his wife are a part of our volunteer staff to do the other direction. So we'll face the north first, the south the west and east last east is towards Jerusalem so Father God uh, we just call in all your Jewish people from the north God God we thank you that uh, you are just preparing their hearts God to hear from us at our many outreaches Lord God, I thank you that you would uh, bring us favor with these people, God, that we would bring your presence with us, God, and, and draw them to this place so they could know their Messiah. So, God, I thank you for a great harvest from the north. In Yeshua's name. Yes, we say to the north, come. We say to the north, come. We say to the north, let our people go. Come, we call you out of darkness into light. Call you out of the darkness into the light of Messiah. Amen. Let's turn towards the south. And Gary's going to pray to the south as we just uh, call our Jewish people to come in to Messiah. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, for bringing them in from the south, Lord God. Every demonic force of darkness that has held back the, the knowledge of the Son of the living God, they would be released in Yeshua's name. And you would bring them in, Lord God. Bring them in. In the name of Yeshua, HaMashiach, amen. We say to the south, come forth. We call our Jewish people out of darkness. We call you out of darkness into the light of the Messiah. We say, let our people go in Yeshua's name. Amen. Evan's going to pray to the west. All the Jewish people living west of us. Amen. Abba, we pray for the West, God, that we, we would bring them in, God. That, Lord, every stronghold that's holding our people from coming in, God, and receiving their Messiah, we pray against thee. You have no authority. And I pray, God, that you would just bring them in, Lord, that the harvest would come in from the West, Lord. That every, every Jewish person, God, will come, Lord, and know their Messiah in Yeshua's mighty name. We say to the West, come. We call our Jewish people. We call you out of darkness. Come. Come to the Messiah. Come, we pray in Yeshua's name. And Adeline's going to pray to the east. Represents Jerusalem. That's why our ark is on this wall. Because we are praying towards Jerusalem, the holy city. Thank you, Father God, Lord. I call forth every Jewish person to the east of us, Lord. I call them back into your kingdom, Father God, for those that may have known you, Lord. And those who never did, Lord, we cry out Yeshua to them, Lord. We thank you that... The name of Yeshua would fall upon their ears this day. Lord, we thank you not one more day would go where our Jewish people would not be held in bondage any longer by the schemes of hell, Lord. I thank you that every Jewish person from the east of us to Jerusalem would come to know you, Lord, would submit themselves under the Messiahship of Yeshua HaMashiach. 
today and always. Amen. We say to the east, come, come. We call you out of darkness into the light. We say, let our people go. Come, we pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. And I'm just going to conclude this part and then you can come up afterwards. We declare that you are Lord. You are Lord in the heavens above. You are Lord on the earth below. You are Lord to the north and you are Lord to the south. You are Lord to the west and you are Lord to the east. We declare you are Lord. You are Lord, Yeshua. You are Lord over this congregation. You are Lord over this life. We declare your Lordship. We thank you that you are Emmanuel, the God who is with us. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. I'm going to close and pray over our food. If you'd like to come and wave the lulav and etrog. I lost a piece of it, but uh, you can wave and take time to smell. good thing is I smell sweet things. I never smell sour things, which is great for me because I don't smell the trash and things that go bad in the house. But uh, I can smell sweet things. So we're going to pray for the food and then come wave the lulav and etrog. Hashem, again, we thank you for this beautiful season of Sukkot. We just rejoice in you, God, our provider, the God who is with us. And Lord, we ask that you go with us in our time of fellowship over lunch. God, that we would be pleasing to you in our words, in our attitudes, in our thoughts. We pray you would bless the food. We thank you for every person who, who made food and those who have served and are going to serve. We speak your blessing upon them. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam she'akol mi'yeh b'varo. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who through your hand all things came into being. We just bless you in Yeshua's name. Amen.